Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crackin' One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, is my usual sparring partner, Shady Shane Beauregard. How are you, sir? I'm ready to go 12 rounds tonight. Cut me. Cut me. (laughs) Cut me. (laughs) Love it. I'm going to give you a tracheotomy just for that. Uh, (laughs) Great to have you, man. As always, good to see your shining face. This is, again, uh, like we've been saying, this is Shane month. It just keeps rolling on. It's been that way for almost three months I feel like, but this one is a crazy one because we were just talking off air. You got Scream 6 and 65 this weekend, and then which sounds like it should be a baseball movie, but it's dinosaurs. (laughs) Um, And then we got John Wick 4. We got Shazam, Fury of the Gods. It's all like big screaming IP stuff that uh, makes Shane's pants tight. So this week is no different because we're going to cover Creed 3. The third installment of the Creed franchise and the 85th Rocky uh, sort of movie uh, going in here. Although we'll talk about uh, the lack of Sylvester Stallone in this particular movie. But Shane, lead us off here, man, because I know you were excited about this one. And where did you sit before we fired this up, before we saw Creed 3 in the theaters? How are you feeling about how this franchise was going thus far? And what were you looking forward to with Creed 3? I'm a sucker for these movies. And it's like you said, like I was born in the Rocky franchise. Yeah, I absolutely love these movies. And like you said, we are in the three months of Shane. I might have to go to a doctor <laughs> here pretty soon because <laughs> I, you know what I mean? But no, I, I love the first Creed movie. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. I was initially, I don't say put off, but I had my questions surrounding a spinoff from the Rocky series, right? Sure. Like, I was like, do we need this? What's going on? And then they just hit it out of the park. The second one I liked, it was, again, all these movies outside the first one, even the first one, they're all formulaic. We understand that. Yeah. They, they, they go right down the checklist. I actually liked this one a little more than the second one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did. I enjoyed it. I thought for his directorial debut, I thought he did a great job with the fight scenes. We'll talk more about Jonathan Majors, but man, he is he's having himself quite the couple months here, even though Ant-Man did not perform. Yeah. But him him as a villain, he has like a suave, almost nonchalant way about him. And you're like, no, he's supposed to be the bad guy. You know, like he just has that ear about him yeah. and is present in this movie. So I found this movie to be very entertaining. I went Early, I went on a Friday at 11.50, and the theater was about three-quarters full already. Yeah. So it had a crowd. I had a really good time with this movie, and we'll get into the details of it. But no, it's right up there with me. So far, Creed 1, 2, and 3, I mean, off to a great start. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I knew as soon as I was looking up showtimes, I went on Sunday night, which I thought was going to be, you know, slower, not one of the big weekend nights. You know, it already kind of maybe took in its money 
as the the weekend progressed. And yet, every single showing I was going to, I was like, oh man, I am going to be either sitting right next to a stranger because it's packed up, or I have to look to see if there's any other showings to where maybe I can get in and get a better seat because it was filled up. I couldn't imagine uh, it being any more packed. And and this is not a Marvel movie, like you said. This is, you know, it's still an IP. It's a third of the franchise. But it could have diminishing returns because I think the first two are saw. I think the first one, like you, Shane, I was super shocked that this worked. Uh, you know, even though I believed in Ryan Coogler, I believed in Michael B. Jordan. So when the franchise kicked off, and of course, even Tessa Thompson, I knew on some level by that point, too. And, you know, I I really liked the first Creed movie. The second one, it was kind of like, all right, we're still doing a lot of Stallone here. We're still, you know, bringing in the Drago thing and and a lot of that, there's certain legs with that. But, you know, as a movie, I thought it was lesser than the first movie. And I agree with you, Shane. This one surprised the crap out of me. In the first five minutes, I knew this was going to be a better movie than two. And I was fully bought in with what they were doing in this, like you said, plug-and-play formula that we get accustomed to, but we love. We're a sucker for, we're into these. There's a reason why there was, what, seven Rocky movies, uh, if I'm yeah. not mistaken? Uh, at least six. Yeah, exactly. So this one, you know, Jonathan Majors is on a heater. He's super jacked. We were talking about that <laughs> off air, <laughs> where both these guys are just ripped to shreds. And, you know, uh, I saw uh, Magazine Dreams, which is Jonathan Major's other movie this year that was at Sundance, and he plays an amateur bodybuilder. So I think he timed these movies correctly where he was like, I'm super jacked. Somebody give me a role where I also have to be super jacked <laughs> and just parlayed it perfectly uh, to do it. So good on him for that. But uh, real quick, I just want to go over some scores and some money, and then we'll get into a little bit more of what I think and then see what you uh, think on that. But this movie, again, this is Monday, so just like the four-day totals, domestic, $58 million, way above what they thought this movie was going to do. Another 43 internationally for a 101.5 worldwide total. Awesome. And I will say this right now, again, I like the franchise. I grew up on Rocky, same deal. I don't think I was excited for three because two was fine in my eyes. It was it was regular. It was what it was. But it felt like, you know, all right, well, are we just going to keep retreading Rocky stories? And I absolutely loved that this movie not only is the coming out party for Michael B. Jordan as a director, but it's also the coming out party uh, for this franchise, which is weird because it's part three, because it's the coming out party for Adonis being on his own because there is no Sylvester Stallone. He's breaking out where he has to be the man. Cause when you start Creed two, he's still a kid. Like he doesn't know how or when to propose to Bianca. He's, you know, betting cars in title fights like he's very immature he's still you know kind of coming of age and getting along and then this movie he's not only fighting his final fights and is retired uh, at the very beginning of this movie 
But then, you know, he has this stateliness to him where he's handling his own business. He might still make mistakes. He's still growing as a human being, which you got to love it, Shane, when he's what? Supposed to be in his mid to late 30s in this. And they're like, oh, the elder statesman, the oh, the <laughs> over-the-hill boxer, Adonis Creed. It's like, son of a bitch. Uh, but but I, I just appreciate that, like, you know, this is the movie for him. And it, it goes deep into his past, but it also shows him as a fully formed man who is, you know, promoting fights, getting fighters together, training them up, revitalizing the gym, doing this whole thing to where he's standing on his own two feet. And the only thing that can rattle him at this point is something like the Jonathan Majors character, which is, you know, a blast from the past that, uh, you know, shakes him to his core, gets him really into the, the time he was in the group home and really seeing some of the, instability uh and just messy childhood that he had that they explore and i love how they tie it all together between the bianca thing between his mom and everything else and how it all comes full circle and jonathan majors once again steals a fucking movie because that man is that man he looked like Tyson in his prime. Had like the hot, uh, sort of a uh, a fate, like high top kind of thing going on. He was swole beyond belief. <laughs> and I guess because he did that like kind of just bad man bull charge thing that like Foreman and Tyson and other bigger heavyweights used to do. And that dude just ugh, grimy in the ring. And I loved watching it because I felt like Every time he was on screen as like this menacing wild card, you couldn't get any better. And I thought the highlight was weirdly not the end, but the middle when he fights Chavez and he just immediately like starts pounding him in the shoulder like these weird <laughs> and just like making him just, you know, cripple in weird spots and doesn't know and just throws him off and and then just ugh just a knockdown drag out street fight it felt like and just everybody doesn't know what to do with it man that's when the movie is like electric and the movie still works and the and the movie still lands pretty well at the end but god did this movie sing when jonathan majors is just a squirrely untrustworthy dude who is up to no good Right. And, and the way he presents himself, you, you want to root for him. Right. But then he does like these shady things like yeah. and, and when it comes out, how he got the fight. And I'll get into that in a minute because it, I'll just get into that in a minute. But you're right. I was thinking of Mike Tyson with the whole black boots, the black shorts, the black guard, oh, the yeah. way he charged his opponent, his opponents, just walking in with no shirt, like no nothing, just ready to go. I, I wouldn't I would hop out of the ring if I saw him across the ring for me. Oh, man. Like, God, yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you. That to me was the best part of the movie was that middle section where he fought Chavez. Mm -hmm. The the you know the whole last fight it is what it was. I mean it, it was okay. I had issues with that whole eight round dream sequence they had where they were like doing their childhood trauma things in the corners. Yeah. I was like, yeah, uh, all right. It I was, mean, that was, it was okay. a little much, but yeah. But no, I liked again. I think Jonathan Majors is the star of this movie. I love again. I like the fact that he, they didn't even mention. Uh, Rocky at all because I thought maybe they'll like mention his name yeah. you know what I mean yeah but they didn't I think a, a clean break that way was the better way to go you know moving forward and like you said he stood on his own in this movie he was his own man he 
Yeah, listen, Michael B. Jordan, I always have him as one of these actors. He, to me, he falls in the Miles Teller category where he should be a bigger star than he is. Right. And I don't know why he's not a bigger star. Right. But he should be. So he has the charisma to carry this film off. And him and Tessa Thompson have great chemistry together. Like, they just work well together. And I thought Felicia Rashad in this movie was actually, they gave her a little more to do. Yeah. And I thought she did really well. Of course, she was the pivot point of this movie. There always is a tragedy in these movies. And, sure. you know, we could we could get into that. But no, this movie was just wildly entertaining. And I just don't know. That being said, I don't know how much further they can take this series. Because like you said, they've already aged him to the point where he's kind of retired, kind of not retired. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know where they go going forward with this. And if this is the last one, I'm fine. It's a great trilogy. It's a great trilogy of films. Yeah, I would say that as well. I think um, I agree with everything you said because I will say, man, I <laughs> I don't think it's hard to say this because we're in a weird spot of the year, but this is my favorite movie of the year so far. It's not even close. And the tough thing to see for going forward, I guess, is yes, Sly is not in this so it can finally kind of stand on its own and doesn't need him. I was very worried that there would be like a Stallone-sized hole in this movie, but I think Jonathan Majors would never let that happen. And the way that they, you know, did the flashbacks to the childhood stuff and and see where all this went wrong or, you know, how close they were at one point, that that worked completely. But unfortunately, unless you do a movie where you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to do what Rocky sequels have done before, where you're talking about, you know, uh, a rematch between these two guys. Um, but I don't see, based on how they ended it, where that happens or, or right. why it would happen. Um, but the other part of that is, and, you know, it's not an incredible spoiler. It's not going to ruin the movie, but like, uh, you know, moving forward with the family. But again, they would have to have some distance, I think, between Creed 3 and Creed 4 if they were going to do something like that as well. So I agree with you. I actually would prefer it if it ended here. I don't like I don't want this to turn into where we get a Rocky five out of this. And then we get embarrassed. Oh, like, God. why you is had, this you, happening? Yeah, you had to mention Rocky Five, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tabe. Um, yeah, it's just brutal. So I don't want that for this franchise, and I don't think it needs it. Um, but the one thing I did want to bring up, Shane, because we, we mentioned it a few times, this is the directorial debut for Michael B. Jordan, uh, which, one, it's always hard to kind of be directing yourself as being the lead of a movie and being a director. Uh, especially when it is your first. But I will say, there is enough style in this movie, and especially in the flashbacks, I thought were more impressive than the fight sequences ex itself. But mm. I would say, it's interesting, and they brought this up on uh, multiple sources that I saw, where apparently Michael B. Jordan is just insanely into anime, and he likes to bring some of the angles and the shot selection and, and a lot of that like kind of action sequence stuff uh, where it's kind of like the slow down then quickens up and real tight shots and the slow focus like those type of things that you would normally see in some high powered action movie whether it be like a like a kung fu movie or whether it's something like a john wick movie or what have you but this using it in the ring at times i thought felt like it worked really well 
Um, but you know, I was rewatching some of the older Creed movies and I go, well, does it really need it? I don't know. Would, would it, the older style work better? I don't know. But I think, yeah, the, he bit off more than he can chew with that kind of, you know, pulling them out of the final fight and going into his like dreamlike version or like, you know, separated version. Um, but, and again, I think that's where you look at the, the anime thing as well with that one. Um, where it's like, oh yeah, he's got this, he's up against the, you know, the bars and this and that, whatever. It it gets, it gets a little weird. It doesn't, it's unnecessary is really what it is. Right. I thought it was a little anticlimactic too, because it was after round two, that whole sequence was upon us. And then when the sequence is over, we're in the last round already. I'm like, okay, I guess that was nine rounds of the fight right there. Yeah. And like you said, I had some of the slow-mo stuff did kind of, I was like, I thought the way you did, I was like, is that really necessary? But overall, I thought he handled the other boxing scenes, because which is critical when you're watching a boxing movie. You don't want to look too fake and like, you know, some of the other boxing movies out there. Yeah. I thought he did a good job, especially the Jonathan Major Chavez fight. Um, I thought he handled it really well. Again, I agree with the slow-mo stuff. Uh, I really love the back the backstory between the two characters, too. I like how he handled all that yeah. as well. So overall, for a... You know, debut, I thought he handled himself really well. To me, this movie, I don't know if you felt this way too. I felt elements of Rocky Three with the Clubber Lane character in Jonathan Majors, the way he trained, you know, just being homegrown, not having the money to train, just being hungry. Yeah. There are elements of Rocky Four when he when he sprinted up the Hollywood Hill and screaming at the time. I kind of felt that. And what I loved is how they kept the original score at the end of this movie because that's what you associate Rocky, it was, it was that iconic music and score, and they yeah. kept it in that last fight. It, very subtly, they changed the tempo of it a little bit, yeah. but it was there. It was dampened. They didn't yes, make they still it, give it that hard. Yeah. Correct. But you can tell, you're like, oh, there it is. Like, it, and it just kind of gets you going a little bit. So I really enjoyed that aspect as well. Yeah, they, they didn't make it over, and I think that's because they really wanted to put their stamp on this movie. I mean, because you could tell too, and <laughs> this is going to sound rude, but at this stage in his career, I know you know this whole franchise is built on a, a really good Sylvester Stallone script, of course, um, but <laughs> I, I actually felt like I was like, oh, thank God they didn't go with the Stallone written script this time because, you know, in rewatching like say part two and that was heavily, you know, it had a lot of Stallone in it and mm-hmm. it had a lot of his story, a lot of stuff with him and Drago and everything else. And, and you could tell it's written by Stallone and this one is clearly not, it is written by Keenan Kugler um, and Zach Balin, which Zach Balin uh, I think is a perfect fit because he was one of the writers on King Richard, which I think was, you know, probably one of the better sports movies in a long time uh, with Will Smith and the and the Williams sisters story that they had. Uh, what was that just last year? I guess yeah, last year. So, you know, definitely uh, a person that matches up for this type of moment and these type of characters and this kind of depth that they really needed. So I'm, I'm glad to see him involved. Um, Keenan Coogler. I'm like, okay. Cause, uh, his last movie was space jam legacy. So we won't talk about that, but like, <laughs> no, we won't. No, no, it was just trash, complete trash. <laughs> but real quick, I want to kind of go over some scores. Uh, well, before we do our own, of course, 
This movie is doing quite well. Um, it has an 87 Rotten Tomato score, a 96 Rotten Tomato audience score, uh, 74 Metascore, 7.4 IMDb. So solid marks. And I believe I didn't write it down, but I believe it has a 3.8 letterbox last I saw. So solid scores all the way across the board between critics and the audiences. And, you know, it's it's great to see Michael B. Jordan kind of do this because, you know, I thought he got kind of lost a little bit between Creed 2 and Creed 3 with where his career is going and what he's been doing. I mean, what is your thoughts on Michael B. Jordan? Because we could talk about Jonathan Majors for days, but I mean, he's going to he's gonna be coming out smelling like roses after this because his career is booming. Michael B. Jordan, though, I don't know. Where do you sit with that? Yeah, it's like I said, I like him. He has a presence. I, I'm drawn to his movies, but like, again, he should be bigger. And what was it? After Creed 2, he went and did that really bad Tom Clancy movie for Amazon without remorse. Prime. Yeah. Yeah. That was terrible. And then didn't he do like a Michael Shannon HBO movie Fahrenheit 451, yeah. which was, was that in between. Yeah. I mean, cause I think so. there was what, like five years between two and three now. So I'm trying yeah. to place like he did Creed. Did he do Creed two and what, uh, black Panther in the same year? Is that the same year? Ooh, I, uh, let me check real quick. Black Panther is 2018. Yeah, so is Creed 2, I believe. Yeah, Creed 2 is 2018. Yeah, so in between that, yeah, Just Mercy was, like, well-received. Um, so I don't want to poo-poo that, but it just didn't, like, pop off. You know, it, it wasn't, like, right. commercially successful or what have you. Um, Without Remorse, you mentioned. Uh, uh, you know, a few music videos, not much. You know, uh, that movie, A Journal for Jordan, which nobody saw. I believe that was even directed by Denzel, and nobody saw yes, that. Yes, it was. Um, yeah, and then, you know, he did some, I believe, voice work on some things. But, you know, and, and Wakanda Forever, he's not in it, in it. Like, I think he's maybe in a flashback. So not much between, you know, five years between Creed Two and Creed Three. So... You know, I'm hoping for a little bit more in the future. I don't know what to, well, he, to do with him. He has a uh, Rainbow Six movie in, in the works. Right. That's um, a Clancy project, right? Right. And uh, apparently I'm looking at a Thomas Crown Affair project that's in pre-production right now. So Yeah. I mean, again, we'll you know, I guess that suits him enough. But to me, I don't know. God. I mean, the Brosnan one is good. It wasn't even that a remake. So can we just stop? And I, I feel like he just deserves better. That's what I'm saying. He does. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now that he can direct too. like, just do your own. He's directed. He produced, you know, he's done all this. So like, I don't know. I just hope for more from him. Um, and not like saying, you know, that in a negative light. I, I really hope his career takes off and I hope, Based on the box office of this, I hope their instinct isn't let's do Creed Four. I hope their instinct uh, is this guy needs something bigger. So, right. you know, is that you know the Tom Clancy stuff is fine. You know, uh, this isn't the nineties where we're we're he's turning into Harrison Ford and we're doing this type of this. It's done. Like we're we got the John Krasinski version of things. You know, with the Jack Ryan stuff. Like just stop. That yeah. We've done it. We're done. Let's just move on and give him something more. So who knows? He has a couple other projects sitting in front of us here, but man, he does deserve better. And honestly, you know, I, I, 
even like Tessa Thompson got more like getting into kind of the awards game with you know some of her stuff passing was really good and was critically successful and 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 she has a lot of promise I wonder what she has coming up I, I haven't really looked into that as well but Jonathan Majors we know because he's now tied into a major Marvel franchise honestly between how Ant-Man Quantumania went and where Marvel's been kind of sitting we've complained about you know phase four and now into phase five enough on this podcast I guess but (laughs) I think part of that conversation was god I I hate that Jonathan Majors is tied into this so much for the next couple years because watching him in this made me go that's a bad man right there that man needs more of a thing uh to kick off and I don't know if it's because like did you see Devotion I feel like that's a movie you would have caught up with no yeah, I have not seen Devotion yet. Because to me, it's like that was like at least a chance for him to kind of be a lead. And I don't know. That movie didn't get uh, enough attention, at least. You know, it, it didn't do well at the box office. And, you know, it got shipped out. To, I think it's on Paramount now. So, like, you know, it kind of I feel bad for that movie in a way because Top Gun Maverick kind of ate all of its lunch. But Sure did. But, you know, again... He has some things. I don't think that Magazine Dreams movie is going to do a whole lot. Everyone keeps saying, oh, he's going to be in the Oscar conversation. No, I don't think so. Unless this is a really, really weak year. And I know he's always good, but that movie isn't that strong. So we'll see if his name, like that's their way of saying thank you for Creed 3 and, you know, your performance in (laughs) Ant-Man, like whatever franchise stuff he's in. But I don't think that should be how this goes down. But Jonathan Majors honestly can just do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I like his work. And like you said, I didn't think about him being tied now to the next two Avenger movies and however him other projects he's tied up in Marvel. Because I don't want to see him in that for the next 10 years. I want him to be doing other stuff between. Because, again, he's a, he's an impressive he's an impressive presence on screen, and I, I like him so far. I really like him in his bag right now. So, uh, we'll see because I love them in Harder They What was that? Harder They Fall, the Netflix movie. I liked him in that as well. Yeah, and I liked him in Lovecraft Country, and that got uh, axed at HBO. That was a casualty for them there too. Um, it looks like he uh, is going to be in a movie where he is playing Dennis Rodman. That sounds oh, insane. Interesting. Yeah, it's called Forty Eight Hours in Vegas, and again, oh, it's boy. only rumored at the moment, uh, but enough to put here, but. That's insane. I can see him playing Dennis Rodman. Yeah, I guess uh, you know him just going on, uh, you know, these adventures in the middle of the '98 Finals, which I think they talked about in the Last Dance. And I guess now they're just trying to make some kind of like bananas, dark, weird comedy out of it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so if that lands, that'll happen. If not, you know, literally we're talking about Kang Dynasty and those other movies that he's going to be tied to. Uh, for the next couple of years, so yikes! I, I don't. I that's not what you want. Um, and obviously, well, uh, they don't list it, but you would think he's going to be in season two of Loki coming up. You would think. Um, but we'll see. We'll see, man. But um, any other notes on uh, Creed three and where this franchise is going before we uh, maybe get some you scores? Score no, I think I um. Yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything. I, I will say the only thing that kind of bothered me is because I am a boxing fan. It was my second favorite sport at one time. 
And I know when you watch these movies, you have to like suspend your belief in certain things, right? Sure. <laughs> My biggest issue with this movie is there's no way a guy with zero professional fights at all, yeah. amateur or professional, is getting a title shot. I wish they would have worked that story angle out, and they, and they tried. I know they tried to, yeah, explaining away why he's getting this shot. But I'm like, eh, okay, yeah, these are the uh, only dudes who would be ready on time. Come on, this right. guy's fresh but out of the that, joint, <laughs> right? Other than that, I had no issues with it, man. Like you said, the more I think about it, I, just end the franchise right here. Don't throw him the money to Greenlight Creed Four. Just just end this. It's a good bookend trilogy. Yeah. What what is your thoughts on? I mean, first of all, I want to mention that you know because we've been living in Philly for most of this franchise that I actually like the welcome switch up to L.A. and how his life is going out there and and where it kind of fit because you know I I like the setting of the Dodger Stadium thing at the end and how they kind of made that work. So I, I like this as like a nice switch up. It made me feel like when uh, Rocky finally got some money, when it was that kind of like switch up in lifestyle, although they didn't change venues. So, right. No, and I think part of breaking from the Rocky character is like just leaving Philly on the East Coast and not even yeah. mention it, bring it up. I like, like you said, I like how he has his business going in LA. He has his home. He like, he's living the life now. Yeah. So Bianca's I, moved on. She's doing her thing in the studio in LA. It made sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I like the break. And I like you said, I love the fight in the Coliseum. I thought that was a brilliant uh, venue to host this fight. Yeah, the um, uh, the the one thing I do want to get to is the very, very end. Like how how the the fight ends and then kind of the, the aftermath of that. If you don't like it, this is going to get reasonably spoilery. I mean, for a movie that's very formulaic that you can probably kind of see where it goes. But I mean... My biggest thing is when my favorite parts of the movie is when Jonathan Majors is that intensity, that wild card, that weird kind of guy you don't know what he's capable of until he does it. And then to see kind of like where the fight goes and how their relationship goes and other things. I don't know. I just like when an asshole gets to be an asshole because he's an asshole. But like these modern movies and and how it goes, everything has to have kind of this denouement, this, you know, like come together moment, this we learn something or we understand the villain more or how it goes. I don't know, man. They didn't have a ton of that with Rocky. I mean, you have some of the Apollo stuff, but that like, you know, went through multiple movies. But I think a lot of people like the Drago thing because it's like, Fuck him, murder him, he's a murderer, fuck that guy. And part of me wanted this a uh, little bit because Jonathan Majors was so good as a villain. Right. I didn't mind it as much just because they had that shared experience in the in the in the children's home. They went through all that together. They're on the streets together. Yeah. And I think this movie kind of showed that Jonathan Majors' character didn't have any respect for Adonis. He really didn't. He just thought he'd go in there and steamroll him. Like, you're not really from the hood. Right. You know what I mean? Like I just got out of prison. I'm keeping this real. Yeah. And I think as the fight went along, you had that whole cathartic, you know, imaging between the two. I think Adonis finally got the respect from Jonathan Majors at the end of that fight. Like he said, I guess I didn't teach you everything. Right. And I thought it was like a mutual reconnecting of when they were kids. So I thought they did a good job of working that all out in the ring. Yeah, it would have been better. It could have worked if he was like but went to Drago or Clubber Langway and was like, you know something of that where he still stays like the bitter 
bad guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just happened so fast. It's literally yeah. after the fight. So, like, part of me is just like, come on. But, like, I get it. They wanted to keep everything in Dodger Stadium there. They wanted to get the the family thing together. They had it all planned out, so I guess they had to kind of work it the way they did. But, right. you know, part of me just wanted to live in that fuck you moment a little bit longer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. So, especially if this is your last you know, potentially last hurrah. So, yeah, but to me, like I said, this is an amazing addition to not only the Creed franchise, but it, it, you could say the Rocky franchise too as it all goes through. But, again, I love the fact that this stands alone. And I, I think for people who maybe didn't see two or if they, you know, you know, didn't see any of them, I think you could, you could still follow this movie. I think it stands alone perfectly well enough and i think that's maybe why the box office is so good and maybe why it might continue to be good yeah i had a couple clients ask me if they needed to see part two and i said no absolutely not like you don't need to see part two at all in fact it's questionable where like you said you don't really have to see part one yeah it kind of stands alone enough on uh, on itself i mean because you know who he is i mean it helps to see part one to know kind of like that messy reconnection with his mother and all those things and right and obviously see where that continues into this movie but again definitely don't need to see two so yeah if, you, nope. if you're like gun shy about going to see this because you didn't don't don't worry about it just go see this movie because it's a lot of fun it's intense it's got a great storyline and i'll kick off the scores how about that uh Shane? all right let's do it this to me like Again, I said like it has like a three point eight on Letterbox. I think that's the lowest I'd go. When I left the movie, I was like, it feels like a four, but I was just a little soft on the ending. So I don't know if that made me go from, you know, four and a half to four, or whether that made me go from four to three point seven five. But I'm hovering around that four. I guess I'll just go with four because why not? This is the best movie of the year. Previously, uh, I had Megan at three and a half. Which was that? So I gotta say it's above that. So again, at minimum, it's like a three point seven five. But I feel like it's a four. Okay, yeah, and not to use cheat systems, so we're not using quarter points. I'm giving it a four point five. Woo! Uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy the end a little more than you did. I thought initially between a four and a four and a half, but the longer I sat on this movie and the way I enjoyed it and just got through it and, and just liked it, I was like, all right, this is a it's a four and a half for me. And like you said, it's my number one movie of the year so far. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I'm picturing you like getting out of that movie, like strapping yourself to a fighter jet and just dragging it down the street. I mean, four and a half. <laughs> that's intense, brother. My God. That is amazing. But no, good on you, man. I'm glad uh, it worked out. And again, I really liked it. So, you know, a four for me, I haven't given a four. It feels like in a long time. I haven't given a four this year. So uh, that makes me feel good. It makes me feel like we're we're back in the swing. Hopefully more of these IP projects that we got coming up, you know, the the John Wicks, the, the you know, uh, like I said, Shazam and Scream and whatever else also does that. I mean... If, if a trilogy ender or a third movie can do this to us, then, you know, there's hope for some of these other ones that are in their fours, their sixes uh, that we got coming up. So, you know, love it. Love to see this optimism. Love to see these scores. Um, 
what else, buddy? Like, you got anything that you're like uh, you're looking forward to this weekend, or you got anything uh, that's on the brain right now? Uh, this week, I am looking forward to Scream Six. I think we both are, yeah. based off of Part Five, and I'm going to go see the new Adam Driver movie, Sixty Five. Yeah, I think that's what it's called, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That, that that's what I have on the horizon, other than just catching up and staying in in the. Staying in the groove of my TV shows. So just making, keeping up with them and then seeing those two movies. That's my week, bud. Yeah. Go play laser tag with dinosaurs, man. That's what I hope for you. <laughs> looks, <laughs> looks like a fun time. It's definitely a movie you want to see in theaters. So that, that's something perfect uh, for you, of course. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely keeping up with the, the TV part. You and I were talking off air that shrinking is just getting better and better. Um, so if you haven't caught that audience member out there, definitely c- catch up with that because you know this. If this show doesn't go past this season, I'm gonna cry. It's it's way too good. I'm hoping Apple because they're usually pretty committed, um, especially if they're not gonna have Ted Lasso that they need something to work and it's a show with this Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel. Do it. Keep it going. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, this is it. Love it. And yeah, and Poker Face and Last of Us like. All these shows that we've been saying are great, and it feels like, and I guess it's happening, you know, that there's no other TV shows out there, really, that have, like, caught fire. There's no, like, oh, I'm missing out on so-and-so. I think these are the three that, you know, we're going to go with until uh, they wrap up, which uh, Last of Us season finale this weekend? This weekend, buddy. Yep. That's insane. To go against the Oscars with the last of a season finale is just torturous on me. Um, but, you know, I know you're you're going to lean one way more than the other. But Jesus Christ. Um, do you have a dog in the fight this weekend, you think, Shane? Even though you're probably not watching the Oscars, you you uh, you picking your uh, E-E-A-A-O-O, whatever, <laughs> everything everywhere? Or what do you got? Here's what I, yeah, here's what I hope for the Oscars. I really do. I of course I, I do want everything everywhere all at once to win best picture. That's what I'm hoping over for. Over Maverick? Yeah, over Maverick. Okay. Uh I'm hoping Michelle Yao wins best actress. Okay. But for me, I really hope Brendan Fraser wins best actor for the whale. That, though that's still a tough one to call. Though I do believe if I had to like go with my gut, I'm gonna say Colin Farrell's gonna get it for Banshees. That's just my gut speaking. Um, I think he's third right now. Which, Do you which really? is crazy okay. because BAFTA, he won the BAFTA for that one, which uh, you he, he lost the momentum of after that because Brendan Fraser won for, I keep saying that, Fraser, Fraser, Brendan Fraser, I will never get used to that. Um, he won SAG. So that is kind of the bellwether for, you know, because they're one of the larger voting bodies, yada, yada, yada. So that looks good. But then Austin Butler, no, I take that back. Austin Butler beat Colin Farrell for uh, the BAFTA. I apologize. So Colin Farrell won, uh, what do you win? Critics' Choice. and But Austin Butler won Golden Globe and BAFTA. So if, you know, I think it's neck and neck between him and Fraser. And I think Colin Farrell is kind of like coming up behind the rear there. So okay. we'll see. I, I you know. Not much. There's nothing else that is out there that is going to change the the minds of anything. Everything's already been tallied, and we're going to the ceremony this weekend. But, man, I think that one's going to be close. I think, you know, if this is still the older academy, 
I'm thinking they a lot of people may have not watched The Whale, and I'm thinking a lot more people watched Elvis, and I think Elvis will <sighs> get it for Austin Butler because I don't think they're going to get a ton otherwise. Like, they might get right. costume, um, but I think maybe to make up for Fraser not winning, they might get, like, uh, makeup and hairstyling for the the whole cost, uh, you know, the, the, right. I don't want to call it a fat suit. It's way more complicated than that, but you get it that it's, uh, all that makeup, that heavy stuff that they had to do. I think that's where that goes. So I think Kate Blanchett wins for, uh, tar, uh, over Michelle Yao. So, um, okay. cause I think, I think probably, you know, and w- w- we might talk Oscars with David Wong on Monday or, or for next week's episode a little bit, but, if I had to say, I think Everything Everywhere wins Best Picture. I think it wins Best Original Screenplay. And I think it wins for um, K-Hu Kwan for Best Supporting Actor. Oh. Um, okay. And Because he's won most of it. Like, the only one he didn't win was when uh, Barry Keoghan right. uh, won for Banshees in, at BAFTA. Otherwise, he almost had a clean sweep. And... At SAG, Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Kehu Kwan all won. It was like this huge steamroll thing for for everything, everywhere, all at once. So, you know, it it's that one I think is in the bag, the best supporting uh, for actor. But Jamie Lee Curtis might win for for best supporting. I'm I still don't believe in that. I still don't. I I, I don't believe in that either. I looked at that category because it's tough because you got two actresses from the same movie. Yeah, kind of. Batting each other's heels. So I'm going to go on a limb and um, actors. I'm sorry. Angela Bassett? Uh, no, I'm going with Carrie Condon. Well, she won BAFTA, and I really liked her in that movie. I know you really like Banshees, too. So I I would like to see it, um, but I, there's always usually at least one, like, it's time award. And I know, like the Den- it's the Denzel Washington Award. They're going to give it to Angela Bassett, you think? Well, either Bassett or Jamie Lee Curtis, because they both right. not won, and they're both you know elder statesmen, veteran actresses. So, uh, that one will be tough. I uh, especially because you haven't seen an Oscars in recent memory. Like I remember when, like, say, Silence of the Lambs just won everything, you know. Um, or even speaking of Rocky, like Rocky was like this big thing where you know got so many nominations that people didn't think and they won a bunch of awards including best picture so that was a a crazy year but you don't see it very often these days it feels like they think ah well we awarded this one here so we'll i'll give this one here and it kind of trades off so nobody gets like a ton of awards like even coda won best picture last year and it won i think only two other awards it was only nominated for three and i think they won all three so that's insane. That doesn't happen. But even then, right. they only won three. So can I see a world where everything, everywhere, all at once wins only three? But it does, you know, it, it they're in major categories and it goes well? Sure. Absolutely. So it's going to be a weird year. I'm looking forward to watching it uh, because I think this is, has better movies in it than in previous years. So I'm, I'm interested I'll to see the there. ratings on that. So it'll be an interesting weekend, a lot to watch, a lot to catch up on. Um, and who knows? I talked to you. I was like, maybe, maybe it's a two episode week. I don't know. Yeah, this could be, <laughs> I know very bizarre for us, but we'll see if we can pull it off. Um, this was great. Shane. Love it. 
Uh, everybody out there, thank you for listening. Go do the thing. Do the five-star review. Do the subscribe. Do the whole thing to come back for more recent activity.